Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Everybody, welcome back to another week of the Reel Down. Uh, it's your host Garrett here. Jimmy is still on Daddy Watch. I guess he's closing in on getting there soon, so we'll see how that turns out. Good luck to him on that. Um, hope everybody had a good weekend and a good week so far. It's been kind of the swing to winter actually getting here. It's started to move in some cold fronts in this area. We got. What do we got tonight? 30 degrees. Yeah, 39 tonight. Down to 31. 30 in the morning. So, up, no, up north, we got some snow. My, my wife's family up in Michigan had some the first snow of the year. So, winter's coming. Uh, the, the, the winter time is definitely coming. So, if you hadn't gotten your fishing in year time it's time to do it for the for the end of the year for a lot of people but uh i know you guys up north are probably going to start hanging it up soon unfortunately but uh come down south we'll we'll welcome you to come fish with us while we got open water uh, speaking of down south uh this week we got coverage of the lake fork event uh the native 
Oh, let me get this right. The No Limit Big Bass Power Hour <laughs> by uh, Native Watercraft uh, on Lake Fork. Um, they had that this past weekend. It looked like a little tougher event from the past Native events that they had. Um, but they had a pretty good show. I mean, they had 124 anglers. And uh, in first place, we got uh, Mr. Larry Hill, which we have on with us tonight. Larry, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. Uh, congrats on your win at uh, Lake Fork. Uh, it looked like it was pretty tough and made it happen, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I would suspect that Native, that the No Limits crew probably thought they would have a bigger day out of Lake Fork than they did. Yeah, no um, doubt. I mean, most of the time you see some pretty good numbers put up. Numbers actually, and size. I actually went back and looked uh, just out of curiosity after the fork event was over just to see kind of where it ranked because you know at the time it felt like a big number yeah you know it's yeah. a big number for me i mean that, there yeah, were a lot of people that struggled that. yeah there are a lot of people that struggled but then you start looking at the numbers and it was the lowest i want to say the second lowest was some uh it was in the carolinas i think i don't know the lakes that they have but it was mm, like two earlier this year two two eleven yeah historically yeah so uh, i kind of jotted down some of the the inches on those and fork was the bottom i think carolina's was 211 and i think the most was saginaw bay at like 450 or something yeah, like that that one was ridiculous yeah um but that's all big small mouth that are dumb <laughs> oh yeah so uh, i don't know if you've ever fished like fork have you ever fished it before yeah uh uh four or five times um, yeah how have you done on average you have good days and then bad days or they've been all been all been good um kind of kind of good and bad um here and there but most of the time well i haven't fished it in the fall though so i can't i don't have no any experience yeah most of my experience is in february through april-ish time frame so uh, my first tournament was kind of cheating. It's like so. So I, I I grew up two hours from Fork, and the first time I ever fished it was um, December of 2021, and it was to prepare for the the BASS Fork event that was in February of 2022. So yeah. February. I, I was there. I, I fished that event. Did you really? Uh, How'd I, you do? Uh, I did not do very well. Yeah. Uh, for that one. That was cold um, as balls for that tournament. I mean, wait, it wait. was. No, that that wasn't the that was the one that was iced over. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. No, no, no. Sorry, I fished the one previously, the year before oh, okay. that. Yeah, that uh, one was uh, like in the spring too, right? Yeah, but it was. It, I think it uh, was more spawn and yeah, more it was March or April or something. Yeah. Somewhere yep. more in that range. Uh, yeah. So that event, that that event last year, um, I got there on a Wednesday. Took my camper. I have a I had a camper that the it had doors on the front that fold out into beds, and I took the yeah. bed off the front one and got my kayak all the way into the camper, and nice. then closed the door. Well, like an idiot, I got out there and I took the, my kayak out and put it in my truck, like out in my truck bed. And Thursday yeah. morning, I woke up to like two inches of ice all over it, <laughs> and there was no pre-fishing. I don't know if anybody, I, I think some guys did manage to pre-fish, but it was iced in for yeah, that's Friday. Insane. Like just being yeah. on the ramps and stuff is yeah. dangerous. And they actually um, delayed the start Saturday morning by like two hours, I think, because it was 18 degrees Saturday morning when I woke up. 
That's but wild, man. I ended up posting you're fishing a, for Florida strain that hate yep. gold. Well, you know, you say that, and I thought that, but so yep. that first There's morning, good limits still put up in that. So that first morning, uh, I had 39 degree water temp, and I caught the first fish of the tournament. I was the first to post a fish, and it was a 23 inch fish. Wow. Um, and I caught her on a Ned rig in about four foot of water. And that is, there was that's... ice on the guides. I mean, everything, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was, it was crazy. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of wild. Were, there were two or three guys around. I think Brad Case was pretty close to me and a handful of guys. And we were fishing like a, like a bridge type area that was exposed. And, and there were a lot of fish around. I ended up catching two 23 and a quarters the next morning um on a jackhammer in like three foot of water like five Dude. feet apart 10 minutes apart and it was were you able to put together a limit both days uh not both days i had 110 inches for five fish but it was over two days oh wow so i had 110 inch five fish limit but it was the spread i caught two the first day i think and three the second day Still, that was my first check I'd ever cut. It was monster a monster. I think I got five 19. fish limit. Like yeah. if you're fishing a, like some of the tournaments we have out here sometimes are like your best five fish over two days kind of deal. Oh really? Um, it, it like some of the state championships <laughs> and stuff do that. Um, yeah, that was my first experience with Garrett Morgan. I don't know if you're familiar with Garrett Morgan, but he's uh yeah. Uh, so actually, Garrett, if you're listening, we were gonna have him on a show tonight, but he's he's busy. Traveling to uh, a KBT event, I think is what he said. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I saw that one. Yeah, he uh, he kind of whooped everybody. He had a jig bite going on those bases of those trees and stuff. I think he had like 201 inches or something like that. God dang. Yeah, it was, it was a good event for a lot of people. I mean, I had 110 inches total and finished 19th, if that gives you any indication of how quickly yeah, but, it dropped after the top five. Yeah. But yeah, that was my first um, national event that, wow. that I ever fished. I don't get to fish a lot of them. I have to wait on those Texas swings. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how yeah. I am most of the time for Tennessee yeah. stuff. I have to basically can only fish the stuff that comes to Tennessee. Yeah. Every now and then I'll get to splurge and go do like a week. Usually I'll try to go to do one in Texas. Uh, I just like fishing in Texas and there, Florida, uh, other two. But I want to try to make one up north this year. That's my goal. I keep year. saying I'm going to do the Susky one of the tournaments because I have a brother that moved up to Pennsylvania like four or five years ago, and I keep thinking. I think he lives two hours from the area that most of those tournaments fish on that body yeah. of water. So I keep thinking I'm going to make it up there one day and a have a place haul. to stay and yeah so, it's a it's a long drive we were talking fish. earlier but you're from like just north of dallas uh, i actually grew up in irving so kind of midway between dallas and fort worth okay um, so I, I live in north fort worth now so all the tournaments on the east side of the metroplex are a little tougher to get to i still do them you know a lot of those yeah. good lakes those good grassy lakes um in east texas are three to four hours from me so, you know, you start to find that's, them two hours. a long day trip, but yeah. it's, it's doable. It's definitely worth it, though, once you get there and you can find those fish in that grass. That's one of my favorite ways to fish. But, like, if yeah. we go west, you know, we got PK, which Possum Kingdom has put on a show the last couple of 
oh, big yeah. events there and it's probably hour and a half west of me so it's pretty accessible um That's i mean there's a lot of good lakes in north texas i just i'm kind <laughs> of new say, to the it's plentiful scene. uh fishing in that region uh, yeah for largemouth uh, well i mean other stuff in general but you're saying something about redfish yeah there's a probably my favorite lake on earth is lake fairfield and it's about an hour south of dallas uh it was a power plant lake years years ago it the body of water and the land around it was actually owned by texas parks and wildlife so it's a state park yeah and a really cool lake small enough that you could get around most of it in a day and, you know, had a lot of reeds and cattails and a lot of good, healthy grass and some really big fish. I think my personal best for the longest time came from there. It was a 23 inch that I caught, but that fish was probably nine pounds or so. I didn't weigh her, uh, but she was, it was a summertime. It was a September fish, caught her on a jackhammer ripping through grass. And she was fat as fat could be. I don't, probably the fattest bass I've ever caught in September even. So beating up for the winter or something. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what that's just some of those fish are good all year round. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But so that used to be a power plant Lake and uh, it actually had a red drum in it. So you could go catch redfish in it. It's one of, I think there were three bodies of water in the state of Texas at that time that you could actually catch a redfish in. I've only caught one redfish in my, my entire life. And it was at a lake called, I think it was Trading House Creek in Waco, uh, just outside of Waco. Yeah. And I went there. We were trolling like uh, DD20s or something like that and just trolling them around. And we'd catch a really big sand bass every once in a while. And then you hook up with a redfish. I caught a, it was, I think she was a 31-inch redfish. It was skinny. Man, that's skinny a pretty good be. one. But that's the only redfish I've caught. And it was in a lake in Texas, not on the coast or anything. That's something I'd be, uh, I don't know how I'd feel if I was out there trying to catch largemouth and I ended up, yeah. I mean, I'd expect it if I were like on uh, the Sabine or whatever, or somewhere around Houston doing yeah. that kind of stuff. Or, Brackish water and you got largemouth yeah. and saltwater fish. But yeah. yeah, I'm like a hundred miles from the coast or 200 yeah. miles or whatever. And I run into yeah. a redfish. I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. That was actually a, I met my wife thought I was crazy at the time we met a, I met a bunch of strangers from the internet on a Texas fishing forum back in those days hey. is what I kind of lived on. Hey, that's, how, that's, how, that's how it's done. They, they planned a big redfish fishing trip. So I met a total stranger at like five in the morning at a Whataburger just south of Fort Worth and got in his truck and he took us redfish fishing and I'll, I'll be dang. We Is caught that basically some what we're doing with all these tournaments, just meeting yeah. strangers on the internet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's a cool experience. Cool. How, so how long have you been fishing for and uh, like fishing out of kayaks and all that? So I'm, as you can tell by the gray hair, I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm 53. Yeah. Uh, hey, I you're so young, I, man. You I mentioned I have a five-year-old. I've got a 42-year-old, a 39-year-old, and a five-year-old. So I'm. They're all over the place. They are. That's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't recommend it. It's harder to get up in the middle of the night when you're old like me, but um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I'm struggling with it, and I'm I'm 29, and I'm struggling with. He, he's trying to learn how to, my little one. He's three months old, and he's trying to learn how to laugh right now. And he decides that he wants to do that at from 12 oh, a.m. Yeah. to 3:30 yeah. a.m. or whatever. 
Like, yeah. Can you do this so, in the middle of the day, man? You got you got all day to do this. I got to go to work in a couple hours. Probably the biggest problem I'm facing right now is going to be my time because he has really taken a liking to fishing, and he's a natural. Unfortunately That's for awesome. me, it's really cool, but it's a little unfortunate because it's going to cut yeah. into my time, right? But he's hey. I've taken him fishing. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time just learning to cast and getting the cast yeah. right. And I got him a little bitty, like ultralight type, you know, closed faced reel. And all I give him is a wacky Senko and just let him go to town. And he just sits I over there and works you on it too. <laughs> and he's, I've taken him fishing uh, five times. He's caught fish all five times on his own. Uh, the last time we went, I had to help him because he had something. He kept screaming, it's pulling me in, it's pulling me in. I looked yeah. over and, and he was hooked up and I went over there and helped him. And it was a legit uh, it's probably a 22 inch fish and Holy probably crap. about six pounds. Yeah. Dude, so that's he's, awesome. He's, so are you guys on like kayaks together or no, this is just uh, bank on the bank? Pond. Yep. Yeah. 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 Dang. That's awesome. Though. He keeps saying he that's wants a kayak. Bad. Every time we go to the kayak store, he says he wants one. I'm like, You're, you'll get one eventually. Just yeah. not yet. I think Jackson used to make one that was a, like a smaller. I mean, yeah, it was made for kayak. like like eight foot or something like that. Yeah, it was made, I think they targeted from like five to ten years old, somewhere in that mm -hmm. range. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but um, I mean, I basically grew up hunting and fishing. You know, yeah. my, my my dad hunted and fished a lot. Uh, we were pond hoppers mandatory and, if you live in oh, texas yeah yep. i mean <laughs> we were we were pond hoppers and i grew up urban fishing and all the places around the metroplex and stuff like that but i was a bank fisherman you know all i ever threw was a spinner bait and some torpedoes some topwater buzz bait stuff like that um, yeah did that for probably 45 years of my life i think um, those get the job done I mean, still yeah. to this day, they still get the job yeah. done. And then but. we all reach that point where you're you're looking out and you're thinking, man, what it'd be like to be out there somewhere and not be stuck on the bank. So yeah, I got my first kayak. Um, it was a Jackson Cuda 12. I got that in, it's like April of 2019. Uh, man, it was nice. I'm surprised it took you that long though to, to, to make that jump. Like, I know. I've wondered that myself. Like when I finally <laughs> got into it, I thought, what have I been missing? Cause you know, you hear stories and you listen to enough of these podcasts and yeah, and, you know, you hear these stories about guys that have been kayak tournament fishing for 10 or 12 years or 15 years. And yeah, for sure. Know, back in the days of cameras and SD cards and standing I in line. Some of the and, like original yeah. uh, live events happened in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, like some of the first ones, uh, I don't want, I don't know exact date, but like, a decade to 15 years ago, somewhere in that range. And I, you know, sadly I missed all that. I would have enjoyed all that. Um, so my first tournament, not to get too far ahead, but my first tournament was uh, after COVID in 2021. Mm -hmm. And so it was a true like roadrunner event. You know, it was a small lake though. You only had two ramps to choose from on that lake, yeah. but uh, everything was virtual. There was no in-person meetings, you know, no. Uh, yeah. No. That was, in you said that was during COVID. Like, and then when there's no check-ins. Yep, just yeah. after. Yep. So, but yeah, I got that first kayak in 2019, and it took me all of six months to realize I wanted a pedal drive. Yeah. Uh, that, that, especially if you see other people in it, that, yep. that uh, is an easy conclusion to make. Yep. So I dabbled with some feel-free kayaks and realized that that was a little too slow for my liking. It was fun, but, you know, they're stable, but they're slow. Yeah. Um, so I got a... 
uh, my first uh, old town was a, a PDL. I think it was a 120 maybe or a 134 or something like that. Um, and it was a little faster than the feel free. It was really yeah. stable. I liked being able to stand and fish and still, that's a good boat. Yeah. I mean, I, I mostly got to crappie fish and get out to some, you know, brush piles and spots that I knew I wanted to fish for crappie and, you know, I would fish for bass, but I was, again, I wasn't a big lake person. I grew up fishing ponds. So I didn't know what I was doing on a big lake. Yeah. Um, that was a learning curve in and of itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had that, PDL probably for maybe a year or so, and then decided to go a little faster. I wanted to get into tournament fishing. I'd into 2021. I was like, okay, I want to do some tournaments or talking to some guys that kind of knew about them and educated me a little bit on it. So I got a, um, a big water 132, got it all set up. It's a little faster. That uh, we're still in today. It is. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, back then it was just the PDL and the paddle and I'd get around. And my first year of tournament fishing was 21, 2021. And I did not realize the learning curve that I was in for. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and there's you some don't know some things you got to cameras out there. Yeah. Some things you got to live through yourself and hindsight. You look back and say, man, what was I thinking? And why did it take me so long to do this or do that? Get a power pole yeah. and get a trolling motor and all that. So my first year. I think my best finish was maybe, uh, I don't even know if I eked out a top 10. I think it was maybe 15th or so. You know, I fished the North Texas Kayak Championship Trail that yeah. um, Duke Tran runs. And um, Solid I think trail. I finished fifth, yeah. 14th or 15th that first year uh, in the standings AOI. So not they usually not average terrible. like a 50 or 60 or something per event or? Uh, that, so my first tournament on Fairfield in February of 2021 was, I think it was close to 90. Yeah. Like it, it kind of tapers off as the season goes on guys. Yeah, kinda, everybody usually yeah. starts strong in the spring. And yep. So it's, it's not uncommon for the North Texas events to have a hundred or so. Yeah. 110. Yeah. And then it, it'll taper down to 60, 75, something like that towards the end. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, Still finishing 14th or so in that against mm -hmm. quality field. Uh, yeah. A lot of and, good anglers in that region in general. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of used that first year to kind of network, meet some guys that, that I felt like I kind of jived with, you know, maybe yeah. make some friendships and, you know, some guys that you could connect with after tournaments and kind of, you know, go over what worked for them and what didn't work and what worked for you and, you know, I'm the type of person I don't mind sharing, you know, what I what I caught them on the juice, so to speak. I don't you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't mind that. I, I don't expect guys to share with me. But, you know, it's cool when you find somebody that they're not threatened by it. They understand that you could fish side by side and use the same things. And one guy's going to catch something and the other won't. Yeah. Just, you could literally hand them your rod exactly. and they might not be able to figure it out. Yeah. still. So. so so that first year. um I met a couple of guys. Um, Eric Simeon was the first one that I really connected with. And, you know, he actually won a tournament on uh, Lake Bridgeport and we got to talking uh, after the tournament. And I just couldn't believe that the guy that won the tournament was sitting here talking to me. And so we kind of exchanged <laughs> information and kept in touch. And ever since then, we've, we kind of pump each other up. And if one's fishing a tournament, the other's not, you know, you kind of reach out and say, man, you're, kicking ass way to go keep calling that kind of thing and even yeah. during tournaments if we see each other you're 
you know, he's, he's been a really good um, source of Intel for me and just knowing how to handle yourself on the water, how to prepare. He's the ultimate preparer for a tournament. I've never seen anybody prepare like him. It's like, and you, you, sort of, you sort of learn that, you know, you sort of, you need that in your system and, and kind of, you know, know how to get ready for a tournament. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes into getting ready for one, at least for me, I'm kind of probably over the top on research. Like I love, um, you know, Google earth and looking at lake levels and, you know, finding an arrow from the past that's, you know, current, like to your yeah. water levels now. And so you kind of know what to look for and, you know, scout it out virtually and find those spots. And, and sometimes yeah, so it pays off, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know. I, th I feel like it does most of the time pay off. And, and if, if anything, just give you an idea of like, if something's not working in your A spot, then you have an idea of like, hey, I saw this thing on that map over there. Yeah. Maybe you got, I should go check that out. But then you can also, like you're saying, you might burn yourself going to cover, try to cover water and go check out too many spots. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's almost bad if you have too much of a plan sometimes, but, Yeah, you know, especially when it doesn't work out, but I, I've been I trying to find like the balance of having a well thought out plan, but not overburdening myself with mm -hmm. too many options, I guess, because I'll get spun out if I got too many options. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for, for me, especially it's a lot of these lakes, again, being a bank guy growing up and a pond fisherman, I don't know mm -hmm. these lakes and a lot of these lakes, you say that name and there's guys that are like, Oh, I know exactly where to go. I've got history on that. I know where to go. Yeah, and there's yeah. so many lakes. Like we have the 2024 schedule just came out a couple of weeks ago for North Texas. And there's two lakes already on it in the first three lakes. There's two of them. I've never fished. And so it's like, here we go. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Better start now starting your yep. research on it. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. So I think that I've spent that first year uh, kind of just learning the ropes and, working out the kinks in my kayak setup and, and knowing what I like, where, and, and having yeah. access to things and it almost being kind of, you know, you know I feel like it almost takes six to eight months in your kayak yeah. to kind of get mm -hmm. a feel for where you want to put stuff and where things, what's most yeah. functional for you, I guess. Yeah. And so, you know, we move into 2022 and that was the year of the trolling motor for me. That's, I got an XI three on the front. Yeah. And that made all the difference in the world for me. I had to start trailering it. Uh, it's a little heavier setup yeah, for me. Yeah. I'm getting older. You know, I got a trailer in 2022, got a trolling motor in 2022. And that's when it really opened up, even though it's a, a bow mount, you know, I still use it more or less to get around just to yeah. help me. You know, I, I can pedal that big water, you know, right at four, 4.2, something like that with the trolling yeah, motor pretty together. Good. Yeah. With the trolling yeah. motor together, I get close to five. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, so you just have it down and running, but pedaling at the same time. The same time like yeah. it. Okay. And most tournaments these days, Brian Howell will still get out in front of me quite, by quite a bit because he's running. I don't know what Newport he's running on the back these days, but it's so, it's usually most tournament starts that, that in, we have. Uh, what kind of boat is he in? He's in a PA. He's in a PA three sixty, probably with a one of the NK three hundreds or whatever. That's yeah. I can. Is it the one with the big prop on it? That's like this well, big round. So I think he usually runs the smaller one. Uh, he does okay. have the bigger one. I just don't know when he runs. I know that he was a part of the testing of the bigger one. 
Okay. Um, on Lake Fork, actually, I think, you know, doing like photo shoots and testing yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. But yeah, that, uh, that big butter will get up and go, man. It'll get, I think I've seen people get like six to seven miles an hour in that boat. It's insane. It's insane. a wake behind them. <laughs> you know, you know, we do those shotgun starts on most of the turns. You can, you know, like on Lake Athens, there's only one ramp. So that's the first yeah. one that comes to mind. But you'll have 50, 60, 70 guys all in one little cove by the ramp. And when everybody's alarm starts going off and you start pedaling and jockeying for position and getting it out, it's usually uh, uh, it's usually Brian out front. of dinging yep. noises. Yep. yep. <laughs> So it's it's usually Brian out front. You just watch his light kind of disappear into the dis in the you know the dark the distance. Huh. But um, it that was a game changer for me. Just having that ability to fish in the wind and pinpoint sure. you know use your GPS to keep you in a spot. Uh, and it it helped me get my first win. So I like I said I went through twenty one, just kind of learning the ropes. Twenty two started. And it took me, I think, May, end of May, I got my first win in a kayak tournament. That was on Lake Athens. Mm -hmm. And I got big bass as well on that one. Uh, that was an uh, NTX KBL, so the Northeast Texas Kayak Bass League. Um, and then a month later on Athens as well, that was the North Texas Kayak Championship, their classic, so their championship. And I won that on Lake wow. Athens. Also had big also had big bass on that one. I'm telling you, it is for someone who's new, like I'm in awe of these guys like, you know, Matt Scotch and Guillermo and and Brian Howell and the fish in some of these tournaments against against them and and to win and yeah. to come back to the ramp and to stand around at awards in the circle and just talk about what worked and what'd you catch them on and what'd you, you know, that was my first big frog fish that I'd ever caught. Uh, wow. I caught it like 10 o'clock in the morning when the clouds broke and the sun came out and she was under some pads. And man, that was, that was an insane day. Just that was my, by far my biggest win to win that championship and to get big bass together. I mean, it was a, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was like a $4,000 payday. And it was it, the yeah, wife. That's a... I think that's when the wife really realized, okay, so this, you're not just wasting your time and going out and having fun. It's fun, but she sees the stressed out part of it, you know. Yeah. Me, you know, not saying I need to have one of those $4,000 paydays so I can yeah. convince my wife it's. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why she doesn't like it still. And then um, <laughs> later that year um, in September was the Northeast Texas KBL. That was their championship on cattle. That was my first two day event ever. And I won that one. Um, so in 2022, I won three tournaments, including two classics um, nice. in the North Texas area. And again, I'm, I'm, he's, I don't know if he'll ever hear it, but I love be beating Brian Howell. That's kind of my goal every tournament <laughs> is I love to gig him and I rib him a little bit. But, I mean, I'm always rooting for the guy if he's fishing a tournament that I'm not in. And, and hell, sometimes I root for him when I'm fishing against him. But um, <laughs> I actually saw him on the lake on day one that day on Caddo. And I had had, I don't remember what my number was on, on day one. It was like 92 inches or something. I was in the lead and I saw him at around noon or so because I'd had a really good flurry that morning and caught all yeah. my fish in the morning. And I was starting to look for fish in the you know midday. And I saw him and we kind of sidled up to each other and talked. And he said, I'm a, he only had two fish. And he was having a horrible day. And, and so I was like, well, that cove back there, I can't seem to catch him. There's a lot of activity, a lot of bait and whatnot. 
And so we kind of went our separate ways. And like 20 minutes later, he caught a 23. <laughs> and I'm not saying I pointed him where to catch a 23, but Brian being Brian, he, he found gave one. He uh, gave him a scent. And he yeah, exactly. Him. And so ever since then, I've always told him, like, you got to fist bump me or something before every tournament because you're you're my good luck charm. So, yeah. um, so that was pretty much it for 22. And then uh, we move into 2023 and – it was a little, I would say rougher. You know, you have that, uh, you had a really good year and you're thinking, man, it's going to start off gangbusters, but it took me a little while. I, I actually won a tournament in March on Lake of the Pines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a Northeast Texas KBL tournament. I had never fished Lake of the Pines. It was the first time I'd ever been on it. Again, did a lot of virtual scouting, found some yeah. grass on the North end. It looked like was hoping it was there kind of, asked a few people if they're, you know, Hey, are you seeing grass? And they were seeing grass and, and saw one that tournament, I think it was middle of March uh, and caught all my fish real shallow in grass, like three to five foot of water. Um, Had big fish on that one as well. She was a 22, I think. Wow. Um, Caught her on a red mini max, that uh, red craw mini max. But right now. Yeah. So that was, that was March, and then uh, had an okay season in North Texas uh, for the NTXKC. I think I finished seventh in points. Um, the Classic was in Athens, which should have been a lake that I did really well on since I had won two tournaments there last year. Yeah, but I didn't do very good. I think I finished like fifteenth or you know, kind of middle teens or something Athens, like that. Man, so, and, but you said you finished. What did you say? Ninth out of uh, how many anglers total? Uh, AOI wise, yeah, I got seventh. Um, seventh, seventh in AOI out of. I want to say there's a hundred plus, but when you know when you come down to it, you know there's fifty that are invited to the classic. So yeah, I kind of view it as like fourteenth or seventh or whatever place you're in of like the top fifty. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of guys that those are the ones that are mostly like going to be consistently fishing. Yeah. Like yeah, the, it, I think trail, for that yeah. trail, it takes three tournaments to qualify for the classic. So, yeah, you know, you have a lot of guys that just fish one or two and yeah, they're they realize that they're just not into it as much as the rest of us. And, you know, or I mean, some people just kind of roam and fish like an event here, an event there, kind of go all yeah. over the place and don't really like dedicate themselves to one trail. Um, yeah. Um, but, so the the event on Pines uh, early this year, I won that one, and AOI for it, I was pacing like to 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 win the AOI, and then they had an issue, uh, something with the trail happened, and they ended up kind of going belly up. So oh, after, wow. so I think if if they fished six events, I think after four, after three or four events, I was first, so they pretty much gave me the AOI. So the guy was like, "Hey, you 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 earned it, and, you know you." You get what comes with it. Here's the trophy, and here's really? the I'll take it. Know, <laughs> here's the cash, and yeah. So I call it an AOI with an asterisk. So I mean, it is what it is. You know. Hey, I mean, nobody else has that. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> it's still the trophy. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty much 2023 in a nutshell. You know, the season kind of winds down, and uh, August here is when we kind of phase things out and. Yeah, start um, all your championships and yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, the end of the year stuff. Yeah, and so man, when I saw this Lake Fort, when like earlier in the year, when I saw 
the no limit schedule and I saw Lake Fork was the last stop on October 28th. I'm like, I am in. I am. Yeah. I circled it and whatever I do, I'm not going to miss this one. And, and the wife was out of town. I had to arrange for my mom to keep the kiddo and took him on a Friday. Didn't get to pre-fish, just was going to drive out there morning of and see how I did. And, um, you know, the lake looks totally different this year than it did last year. Last year it was six foot low. Um, yeah, drawn it down That's to work one on of the, the things I wanted to ask you when we when I had asked you on was um, about the lake levels and how because I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people since the water levels come back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've dabbled, I've heard some stuff and watched a couple like fishing report videos and stuff, but so uh, I've never again seeing fork for the first time in my life, December of 21, it was already drawn down four feet, I think. And they were yeah. drawing more by tournament time. It was by that February of 2022, it was down six foot. Uh, and it, I had never experienced fork with grass or pads or wow. any, any kind of green vegetation. It was, you know, it was uh, wintertime. And stuff. it was cold and it was drawn down. And so my only experience with fork is, rock and and bridges and and all those trees and i'm horrible at fishing trees i just don't yeah just can't figure they're, it out kind of tough to figure out but you know this year going into this one you know the lake is back up um i want to say the week before tournament it was like 2.75 feet low so it was okay. getting better you know a, a lot of reports Not of fully up yeah but, had it been know, up the summer, like all the way up, or um, no, it had never it, gotten back up to full pool. It was working okay. its way back up. Um, and I want to say, it, man, I'd have to check, but I want to say the last time I checked, it had come up like an inch or two the week of tournament. Uh-huh. Um, I can look real fast and see, because uh, again, this is something that I always look at. I always look at. Yeah, water levels and look through history. So it's showing 1.95 feet down. It's come up eight inches in the last 10 days. Wow. So Have you guys had a lot of, well, obviously lot, during the event, there was a lot of rain. A lot of rain. Uh, yeah. It rained the week before the event. It started raining in at four, probably on Tuesday of, of yeah. tournament week. And we, you know, being in North Texas and North Fort Worth, we'd been getting rain, you know, two or three days before that. So I'm always watching the 10 day forecast and I was so showing the, 50% chance of rain on Saturday of tournament, but it ended up being closer to 80 once I got there and a hundred all day, a hundred percent being in it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So when I did my research for it, you know, I asked around and, you know, all the reports that you can find online, you know, there was good hydrilla and coontail and, and some pads here and there. And so, you know, with so the some water of the level. vegetation that used to be there starting to come back now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. But there, you know, there's reports that they're finding uh, some salvinia and I don't know what the water hyacinth is the one that they dread the most. Yeah. The invasive one. Yeah. They, oh. to, they basically have to kill the whole cove mm-hmm. or whatever to kill yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's reports that they're going to start spraying again because of the water hyacinth. Um, yeah. Cause that's the one that they really don't want to get out. Cause it'll, like you said, it'll take over an entire cove. Yeah. It'll and it'll like just get worse. Three foot tall and you can't fish through it and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, again, I did some research and 
I had some pins marked on where I wanted to go. And, you know, it was actually the same area that I fished for the BASS event uh, in 2022. It was just going to look different. It was going to have green stuff and hopefully grass. And, and you know, you hear reports, but you got to see it for your own eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. Because um, you never know how it develops throughout the year until you see it in person. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, real time satellite image, unless you've got like a drone or something. Everybody's opinion it. of, you know, good grass is, you know, it's different than yours. And what's good grass? And is it, yeah. you know, is it, is it matted out? And well, there was actually some that was matted. I actually punched a little bit, but didn't, it was, you know, overcast, not the best punching yeah. weather. You know, you really need those clear blue skies to, for the fish to want to get up under that stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was, so that morning I drove, <clears throat> it's usually two hours to that ramp that I was going to use. Um, and it took me about two and a half to get there. Traffic was a beating at three thirty-four in the morning. You know, the freeway was shut down twice. I had to mm-hmm. take back roads to get around it. And I think I saw five accidents that morning on the way there. Jeez. And two of them were really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I finally showed up to the ramp thinking, you know, I'm normally hour and a half, two hours early sometimes just because I like to be. And I got there at 545 and lines in was going to be 715. So you could launch at 645. So I got there an hour early and it's a single ramp and it's kind of sketchy. It's slippery and kind of steep. And there was already six or seven guys there. And by the time I launched, it was a full blown, you know, traffic jam. Almost. it was a traffic yeah. jam trying to get down the ramp to launch and all that. So, and again, fork is a little sketchy for me. I, I'm, I have really bad luck with stumps. I don't know mm. yeah. why uh, they don't like me. They don't like my PDL. They don't like my trolling motor, but they don't like anything with a prop. Yeah. Or- I have Pretty broken or, or fins. on stumps. I think I'm on my fifth or sixth prop since I've had this kayak. So, yeah, I know a was, few people that have broken their drives on stumps and stuff on fork, specifically yeah. fork. So it, it took me, um, you know, you have 30 minutes to lines in, and it took me 20 minutes or so to get to my, start, my starting spot. It wasn't up in the back where I was going to go to find grass. I was going to start on a like an old road bed and see if I could catch some fish on a square bill or, you know, yeah. something that was bouncing bottom. And, and so I, seven fifteen, I was probably, I would say maybe a mile, maybe three quarters of a mile from where I was going to actually end up. And I decided to fish my way back there. And it took me, I think I caught my first fish at seven thirty on a jackhammer um, nice. on a kind of a bridge, like a submerged bridge. And then I caught another fish. It wasn't until like nine o'clock that I caught another one. I had gone under the bridge, kind of fished my way around, took a long time to get back into the back. Hmm. And once I got back in the back and found that hydrilla, I caught my third fish at like, I want to say it was 1020. So I burned three hours uh, getting back to my spot. Yeah. And I want to say that, that third fish as slow as it was for everybody else i guess that third fish i was in like i don't know like fifth place or eighth place or something like that yeah. at 10 20 in the morning um i literally couldn't believe my eyes when i checked the board for the first time um, yeah no doubt i mean it's third place only had 
seven fish total. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of quality fish caught. Yeah. Everybody, not a lot of everybody in the top six or eight seemed to catch a big fish. And then a lot of guys caught one fish and it was a big fish. Like they won one yeah. of the hours with a 24 or a 23 something. And it was the only fish they caught. Like it was. I saw that. Well, I think that was something that I was going to mention that that 24. Yeah. 24. Let me see if I can get it pulled up here. I believe that I saw something about that being the, uh, biggest fish to win a limit or fish to win. Yeah. He, uh, so that's Matt Frentress. Uh, he lives kind of on the East side of Dallas, I think. And, uh, he caught, I don't know if that was his only fish he caught. Uh, he said he caught that on a seven inch power worm. Can't imagine setting the hook on a fish like that. Seven inch power worm. And that was his only fish, right? Yeah, that's all. That's all he had on there. It's crazy. One fish. Yeah, he won. And then right, that other guy right below him had a twenty-three and a quarter. One yep. fish. Randy Dotson. Yeah, he was another one that I think he was fishing. Wow, look at that one. I know they're insanely fat. Yeah, um, he, I think he said he caught that in a, a base of a tree with a jig. Jesus. Yeah, like you're saying, there's a lot of people here with one fish that. Have like one giant fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, what do you think, like conditions-wise? It's raining, um, overcast, and all that. So, I've always heard. Uh, I want to say it was the people's champ himself uh, told me one day that his best day was in the rain, and he loves fishing in the rain. So, mm. shout out to Clifton Allen there for those words of encouragement. Cause I was like, man, the first, it took me, I don't think I had my fifth fish until 1130. Uh, that's almost noon to catch your fifth fish. I know it's the no limit. It's not about your five fish, but I had 79 and a quarter inches for my first five. And when I checked the board with 79 inches, I was, I want to say I was fifth or maybe even fourth, something like mm. that. Uh, so at that point, where did you think that, like, man, I can, I could pull this thing out? I was thinking or... if everybody's having that bad of a day, and it, like, an idiot, it took me four hours to find my spot, and just imagine yeah. what I could have done back in that back, you know, cove with, you know, two or three more hours to spare. So when yeah. I got back into that cove, there were four guys back there, and one of the guys actually finished third in this event. I think his name is Joe Booth. Uh, he finished yeah. third. Um, he was back there. We actually kind of got together and, you know, talked a little bit and kind of got to know each other and fished around each other and kind of shared spots. And I would miss a big fish and be all, you know, flustered or something. Yeah. Deflated that I missed a giant, you know, because I had one fish I set the hook on that it felt really solid and it just came off in the grass. I don't know what happened. And he said, like, 20 minutes later, he kind of, when I left, he went over there and caught a 20 and a half. So, you know, we kind of, yeah, what could have been, man, you we kind of moved in around each other and fished around each other. Everybody else kind of mows it on out. I don't know. They were fishing. I think I was the only one fishing the way I was fishing. Uh, I yeah. think everybody was fishing finesse and slow presentations. I was fishing a jackhammer. I fished a jackhammer all day. That's just, 
I locked it in my hands and that's what that's the way I like to fish grass. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money that's won on a jackhammer. So, uh, I caught out there. I, so out of my 11 fish limit, one fish was on a wacky Senko. Um, I actually, I took a break from ripping the jackhammer. Um, I want to say it was for about an hour and a half and I, I got a little more shallower than what I'd been fishing. And there were, a lot of fish chasing bait. There was so much bait back up in there. So I was fishing mm -hmm. a grass flat that was probably maybe 200 yards wide and maybe a hundred yards deep um, yeah. size wise. And it was three to, you know, in two to four foot. And then it had a channel that was like six to seven foot, like the, like the original Creek bed that ran through. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, and did so it I was grass in the channel or was there kind of a defined edge? No, there was grass kind of in it. Um, there was a little bit deeper, right in the center of it, there wasn't any grass, but you know, it was grass yeah. clumps up to the edge of the channel. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I kind of got shallow and was fishing. It, I was fishing a, a wacky Cinco where I was like waking it, you know, over stuff like over branches and okay. grass yeah. and whatnot. And they would come up and hit it. And I caught probably eight or so fish that were eight inches or less. Mm, like, that's what I was going to say with the, you know, 14 inch minimum it's hard to pick up a wacky rig yep uh, on these events uh, and i caught one fish i don't remember which one i think it was a 15 and a quarter or something so i did catch one decent one uh on it but i just like i said i wasted an hour or so kind of in the middle of the day you know it's hard when it's raining so it rained off and on on us it was you'd get a 20 minute break where there was no rain so i'd take the hood off and then I'd start seeing sprinkles and it rains. So I put the hood back on and, yeah. and fish some more. And then it stopped raining after about an hour. And so I'd take the hood off and it'd start raining. So put the hood back on. So um, I went back probably at about 1230 or so. I went back to ripping grass with that jackhammer. And I caught, I want to say it was, yeah, it was about 1230 or so. I caught uh, a fish that put me at 110 inches. And that was the first time I really checked the board after I caught my fifth fish and I saw Garrett Morgan at the top, 132 inches, you know, he was, mm -hmm. you see his name on fork on a board and you're like, okay, uh -oh. crap. Yeah. Here, here I was thinking I was having a good day and I'm going to, you know, lap these guys while they're sleeping and, and there's Garrett Morgan at the top. So he and I, I think went back and forth. Um, Again, I started board watching a little more, which is kind of bad. You know, you shouldn't yeah. do that in a tournament. But I uh, wish there was a way to get like live updates that kind of just like ping to your phone that you don't have to like check it. You yeah. Know what I mean? uh, other than somebody texting you, I guess. Uh, well, I had plenty mm. of people texting me. I don't know if you share the the links to the boards when you fish a tournament, but my wife and my mom yeah. were texting okay. me. I have a couple of buddies that that live and die by my tournaments and, and yeah. want to know updates and, and he'll send me a text. There's one guy at work. He'll send me a text. Like you just need one more. Keep, keep hammering, keep, you know, keep going. And I'll tell yeah. him like, you know, I'll send him back. I suck at this. I'm need to sell my kayak. I don't know what I'm doing. And Oh yeah. I had a lot um, of that this year. You know, <laughs> um, so we went back and forth and I want to say the last time I really checked the board was at like, I want to say it turned off at like two 30 or two 20 or something like that. And I took a screen capture and I was at 140. 
something like in some change and Garrett was still at 132. So I was oh, up wow. about eight inches on him. Um, and again, the board shut off and it just, so I'm like, okay, time to focus last 45 minutes of the tournament. You know, you need to buckle down. I mean, it started, it rained the hardest part of the day and that last 30 to 45 minutes. It was the hardest rain we had. You know, it wasn't so hard you couldn't fish, but it was obnoxious. It yeah. was just enough to keep the hood on. And I wear glasses when I fish. And so it, I was having a hard time keeping my glasses dry all day, keeping the phone dry. It was hard to take a picture. I mean, it's just everything that comes with fishing in the rain, you know, stuff you wouldn't do for fun, but you're in a tournament. And so you just got to buckle down and do it. Yeah. Um, so at about 245, I decided to go back north on that little grass flat to that area that those small fish had been on. Cause I'd seen so many fish swirling and chasing bait and I had missed a couple of fish on a jackhammer. So I got back over in that corner and I bombed a cast up as shallow as I could get it and was just ripping grass. And I just, you know, my, my, it just felt heavy. I couldn't tell if it was grass. So I kind of popped it like you would pop grass and it kind of popped back. So I set the hook and I mean, I just saw mouth come out of the water, you know, like, yeah, this is a big fish. This This is what I've been fishing for all day back here. And it was right at 245 and I got her. I mean, she, she put up a fight. I, you know, you go around the, right side of the kayak back around the left side back around the right you know she took me under the kayak my rods in the water i'm trying not to get broken off and finally get her in the net and get her over the side and and she was that's uh, one uh that's one thing i remember about fork is like some of the hardest fighting fish i fought was on fork for their size oh Uh, yeah i mean those 15s and 16s and i caught an 18.5 that i was sure was going to be a 20 yeah and it, it wasn't but uh, I wow. got that fish in and she was a 22 and that was in the last hour. Um, so that was my big fish of the day. And uh, she pulled uh, up here for you. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, she was real pretty. You can tell almost all the fish that I caught were really dark fish. And you can tell that they were they were grass fish. I mean, they, yeah, look how dark the back on that thing is. Yeah. You know, that's a fish that's been living in that grass pretty much most of the summer and into the fall did uh, that win you that hour it did so awesome. that was i won the eighth hour so the last hour you could win a big fish for the hour that was that was the one nice so you won the eighth hour and the tournament on the same fish yep Hell and yeah. so yeah it, it turned out i didn't know i needed that fish i thought you know i had it in hand but man i was you know, and the first thing I did was I turned, I held the fish up and was yelling at the guys across the, across the way from me and they were cheering and, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. What was, what was Garrett's, what was Garrett's big fish of the day? I don't remember. Uh, it's a 21. That's what I was just looking at. You got a, that thumb way up in there. On that way thing. up in there. Paralyzing. Them <laughs> like that. I don't know. I haven't found a good way to keep these fish from moving. No, there isn't. You just got to let them wear themselves out sometimes, it seems like. So I had to compose myself after that fish. Um, yeah. I knew it was big. I, you know, you don't know who's sandbagging. You don't know who's waiting until the board shuts off to post or waiting until the line's out to post. You don't know who has good service or doesn't. You know, you're just kind of, you're left to your own imagination. So I just knew that I had to keep fishing. 
Uh, I ended up catching a, a 16 at 305. So that was my last fish of the day nice. uh, with like 10 minutes to spare. So I caught 38 inches in the last half hour, which it turns out I won by, I think he had 149. And I had 178, 7.5. So nice. Uh, 30 something. Two fish yeah. essentially is, I think, what it should. So 29 inches, 20, uh, 29.75, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely needed one more fish, it turned out, because I had had 140 before. And, you know, we're sitting at the yeah, awards. And, you. you know, when they start to go through, you know, fifth place, fourth place, third place, and, you know, you hear 120, 121. And I knew it was just me and Garrett left at the top. And I was actually sitting right next to Duke. I'd kind of found a spot right beside him. And when he said, you know, second place with 149, I obviously knew it wasn't, you know, me. And that was Garrett. And Garrett walked by and shook my hand and said, way to go. You know, you really killed him. And I turned to Duke and I said, I, I think I won. And he looked at me like, okay, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm serious. I think I won. And so when he said, you know, 178.75, obviously I knew that was my number. So that was. It's a cool feeling. That was a really cool feeling because, you know, it's probably the biggest tournament i would say the biggest tournament win that i've had you know winning a north texas kayak championship classic is a big one you know money wise it was more than than this one like yeah. actual cash money uh but man i won a i won a native propel 10 uh i won a thousand dollars for that eighth hour oh yeah um, i forgot you you won a, a kayak for that there's a yeah. there's a kayak for your kid right there yeah, uh, yeah. So. uh-huh i don't think he's ready for that one yet <laughs> yeah i'm not even gonna let him know that i want a kayak I, you know, yeah yeah don't go better hide say, that one for say, that's while. mine yeah you won one for me save but, it for like when he's just big enough for it and then that'll be his birthday present uh -huh. something like that yeah just Perfect. keep it in storage until then yeah but like, yeah yeah, yeah was, this is brand new i just bought it you know it was a really good win you know obviously any win's a good win but you know some tournaments are 10 guys, 30 guys, 50, 70, whatever, but you know, 124, I think it was. I don't remember the exact yeah. number that well, that, 124, you nailed it. Yep. Um, and some of those guys, I think I want to say, let's say obviously Garrett Morgan's from Arkansas, but there was uh, a guy from I think there were Shoot, two guys. Josh Stewart Colorado. was there. Who? Josh Stewart. He's he fishes uh in Tennessee. He's from Tennessee. Okay, yeah, I think he got like a top well, did he get like fifth or sixth, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a guy from Colorado, uh, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi. I mean, like you're saying, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, mostly in that southeast region, but yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still a lot of hammers in that. I'm gonna say that it's my first national win. It may not be considered a national tournament, but I mean, the No Limits Trail fishes all over the country, so you know, it's, yeah, it's a. And I mean. There's a few people I'm seeing in here that have won some big tournaments that are what I would consider national anglers, yeah. I guess, that um, fish all over the place. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it looks like it was pretty rough. So, I mean, you had 124 anglers and 214 fish caught. Uh, yeah, so yeah that's, that's some pretty low numbers when you think about it for four. Yeah. So like 1.8 fish per person or something. Yeah. So just a little backstory on the, on, on fork uh, in recent days or weeks, um, 
The weekend before that tournament was the Berkeley Big Bass. Uh, it was put on by Bass Champs, which is a North Texas trail. Uh -oh. And I want to say the numbers I saw was 1,100 anglers on Fork the weekend before. And it's either two or three days. Jesus Christ. And it is 1,100 anglers, four to 500 boats. Um, I mean, just hammering. And there's actually been two bigger terms. There was a Sealy Big Bass that was, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago. You know, and again, it had same, roughly same numbers, 500 boats, something like that. So Fork mm. gets hammered in the fall, like the early fall going into that fall transition. Yeah. Um, it gets hammered by a lot of boats. So, well, not only that, it's been getting hammered all summer and all spring. Yep. Like you're fishing fish that have literally been beaten the head all year, mm -hmm. like at the end of the season, essentially. Uh, yeah. I mean, about there still fishing all winter but not as heavy as it is and you know fork you know if you talk to enough people fork is a it's a it's a make or break type of lake or whatever you want to call it it's either feast or famine i mean it's yeah. you either have a really good day there and you think this is i'm going to come back again and catch them just like it and you'll have a a, a blank you know it's it's not an easy lake to catch fish on sometimes and it doesn't make sense because it's it's a destination like i mean it's it's world renowned i mean it's, you would think that it's always good but um i want to say brian was saying in his pre-fishing that he didn't do very good he said he, he caught nothing but unders like mm. it's a 14 inch minimum he said he caught nothing but unders yeah so that's the other thing about it too is i mean we're not seeing all the unders that were caught in this there's probably a thousand fish under yeah. 14 or whatever that were caught yeah um most of our minimum for North Texas tournaments is 12. I think that's yeah. about the average for most tournaments in general is 12. Yeah. I've seen it one here and there that had like an eight inch minimum or 10 inch minimum, but yeah, like you're saying yeah. for the most part, it's always, it's always a 12 inch minimum. Yeah. I mean, there was a point in the middle of the day where I thought they're going to think I'm cheating. Cause I had so many 15 and a quarters. I want to say I had four 15 and a quarters. Yeah four four at 15 yeah. and a quarters yeah it's like i would put a fish on the board and i'm like are you freaking kidding me like another 15 and a quarter and i'm like doesn't matter it's no limits i'm still going to keep going but i i think my smallest was 14 and a quarter and then i had lots in the 15 range i had a couple of 16 16 and a quarter and then one 18 and a half and then that 22 kind of rounded it out so i'm looking at your 15 and a quarters and see if they look different yeah. enough they're all slightly different i think yeah uh, so far, that's what it looks like. Yeah, they're all, they all got some kind of different color hue to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I will say this: I'm looking forward to next year. The next time, you know, he said he's coming back to Texas. We'll see. He said it may not be Fork, but he'll see. So, I'm gonna have to make it a point to find a couple of these to fish next year because it's a really cool way to handle yeah. a tournament. It's a really cool platform to. You know, to format fish, and it's as um, many as you can catch, and it's not really like stressful. I guess it's kind of just it's kind of more fun than uh, some of the other. I mean, it can be still stressful. No, yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, that's how I actually told several people that before this tournament that it's kind of it's not a trail that I fish. There's no stress involved. It's just catch as yeah. many as you can, as long as they're over 14. It's a numbers game. You have a chance of catching a, a big fish or a fish of a lifetime yeah. on, a, on a place like Fork, and you know, I, and the I, entry fee is not 
like <laughs> ridiculously high. I mean, it's still no, good not at all, out, but it's not huge. Uh, and you know, hindsight, if I would have been back in that back, you know, another two or three hours earlier, I think I could have easily top 200. I mean, I was at 179 with wow. those fish. I mean, I was catching 15, 16. And you really would have made everybody yeah. feel bad coming in with 200 something inches and everybody's struggling to get to even a mm-hmm. hundred. Yep. Wow. That's pretty cool though. It's pretty special. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a really uh, rewarding day. You know, anytime you drive home from a tournament and you win, you know, you're not as tired when you drive home and, you can't wait to post something, you know, a tease yeah. on Facebook or something to kind of get people riled up and, you know, the wife's ecstatic and friends are, you know, happy for you. And it's just a really good feeling to win a tournament. You yeah, know, for sure. Anytime you get a top three or a podium or whatever you want to call it, it's, you've had a good day, but yeah, winning one just, it makes you want to do it again soon. <laughs> it's the, the drug, man that dopamine release or whatever from winning you're mm-hmm. hooked um so what what all do you got next for you like for the rest of the year is it you just gonna kind of hang it up for the year you got well, you know I, have fish a, and... uh, I usually bow hunt this time of year uh yeah. i haven't even taken my bow out of the case and it's already either, first man. Of, the first of november so yeah um, there's actually one more tournament of the year that I'm kind of looking at. I think it's December 3rd, if I'm not okay. mistaken. It's the Louisiana State Championship. It's kind okay. of an open, it's kind of an open event. So uh, Brian Howell actually won that last year. So he's the defending Louisiana State Champion. So I'm. Uh, it's actually on Toledo Bend this year. Um, I don't remember what lake it was on last year. It was deeper into the actual state of Louisiana. But this is a border lake so it's you can launch on the texas side or the louisiana side so yeah um, i've got a little bit of experience with toledo bend it's got some grass in it again on the south end so yeah yeah uh, i'm gonna launch on the texas side and and see what i can do pretty I, big I, lake though isn't it like it's huge. an enormous lake i don't know how many yeah. miles it is from north to south it's probably more than i feel like that's one of those so. places you just kind of got to pick a spot and roll with it and yep. just kind of pick that spot apart. Um, yeah. And, you know, I fished there, I fished two tournaments there. I want to say last year, or maybe one, even this year, one last year, one this year, and, or maybe both were this year. I don't remember, but I, I found plenty of grass and caught plenty of fish in practice. I had bad days on the actual tournament day, but um, there's, it should be pretty, pretty primed for some fall so, grass fishing. There or Rayburn earlier this year that was pumping out like 50 pound bags or something like that in February. Probably Rayburn. Rayburn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Rayburn is a, it's, it's probably your best chance of catching a true giant in the state of Texas. You know, fork is hit or miss. Uh, OH yeah. Ivy is known for big fish. If you know how to forward facing sonar, yeah, yeah. but, um, Rayburn. I don't know it what tournament really it was. I can't remember exactly, but I remember earlier this year reading about like some guys throwing up 50 pounds or something like that on uh, one of those two lakes, Rayburn or Toledo. But I want to say one of them was Toledo and it was like 40 pound bag or something like that. And then the next one was Rayburn with like a 50 pound bag. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall. Um, I know that Toledo Ben was where uh, Ben Milliken got his first win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he won on 
Toledo been catching some absolute monsters. He was. Congrats to him on his uh, elite series exactly uh, qualification. That's yep, pretty. That's cool. going to be one to watch next year. Yeah, no, he's going to. He's, he's a little different. He's a. Uh, he doesn't dress like the rest. He doesn't act like the rest, and he's no, he's, he's kind of always got a chip on his shoulder. He kind of acts like. It's it's going to be fun if he ever gets a camera boat. If he gets a camera in his boat on a day where he does good, and the next yeah. day he's got a camera, it's it's going to be some entertaining stuff to watch because I, feel I love like watching his videos. Going to help the sport keep growing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's introducing a whole nother. I mean, you got a lot of those anglers that um, have their own YouTube channels and have good followings and stuff on that, but I feel like this is kind of a slightly different audience uh, that he kind of has with his channel and now you're bringing those to the watch the elites and stuff. So he gets a lot of haters and I just don't understand that. It's like, if you don't like his yeah. ambition, just don't watch it or don't worry about it. Do your own thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I see that too, but I mean, I don't, I don't fall into that. I guess uh, I try not to be negative towards yeah. anybody, but uh, I've, I've watched his stuff for, he used to live in Nebraska, and I watched all his stuff when he lived there. Um, I don't know when was that, like seven, eight years ago or something like that. Yeah. Uh, watched him in his whole transition to this now, Fishing for the Elites. It's kind of crazy to see that whole story mm-hmm. <clears throat> and giving up his career and all that just to go all in on fishing. So He, he makes me want to – Get some forward-facing action going on my kayak. I just <laughs> yeah, it makes it look yet. so easy sometimes. Uh, I'm a I'm a shallow water grass and whatnot yeah. kind of fishing guy. I don't I don't really enjoy offshore fishing. I don't know how to do it. I I just can't seem to grasp it. You know, I go to a lake like Possum Kingdom and it's it's pretty much all offshore. I mean, there's a shallow bite yeah. there, but it's all rock. There's no grass. It's points and and ledge fishing and that sort of thing and i'm just not very good at it but i know guys that have those four facing setups and they go out there and they just kill it you know christine fisher will go out there and you know one yeah, of her, I've had her biggest tournament bag ever there her biggest fish in a tournament ever on yeah on i've had my uh active target for two years now and I've probably caught five fish using it. Really? Oh wow! <laughs> I suck with it, man. I I've tried. Uh, I think I haven't really forced myself enough to use it because I kind of get irritated with it, and then I either waste too much time with it, or I'll be like, screw this, and I'll turn it off and go fish shallow somewhere. Yeah, and go just do go all run that. and do your thing, and yeah, just go do my thing, um, or just I get fed up with it and I'll leave it some <laughs> leave it at the house. I don't know. I've been debating just selling it because I'm just like, ah, I'm wasting my time trying to figure this out. But. Well, I've 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 got a mentor. I like to call him a mentor. You know, everybody needs a mentor, right? Uh, his yeah. name is His name is Dan Wynn, and uh, he is going to talk me into getting Live Scope at some point. He's yeah. going to succeed and talk me into it because he makes it look fun and makes it look easy. And um, maybe one day I'll just turn it over to him and give him money and say, here, set me up and show me how, to, how it's done. Get it, get it dialed in. Give me some training sessions. And, you know, there's times I wish I had it. There's times I know I could, I could probably use it. Um, yeah. when those fish aren't shallow or when it's, yeah, there's definitely you know, some situations and 
I guess another thing uh, that I've been tossing up back and forth, you were talking earlier about having the XI3 and how that's made a huge difference in your fishing. Yeah. Um, that's something I've been going back and forth on because I feel like using that in combination with active target fishing offshore would be a lot more effective than for what I'm trying to do now using my PA. Uh, I've got the 360, so I'm like yeah. constantly trying to adjust to keep on a spot. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost like an art form having to keep it <laughs> yeah. stable and, and keep a fish on the screen and, you know, the yeah. wind's not blowing you around. and Yeah, so that, I feel like I'd just be less frustrated. I think what happens is I get frustrated trying to do that, and then I'm just like, I feel like I'm wasting so much time adjusting that I'm not actually fishing. So, yeah. Uh, I think that would make a big difference if I added that motor, but just another thing to put on my boat. And <laughs> it, more. It, it gets ridiculous fast when you start, yeah. when you start adding up everything you've put on a kayak from the front to the back. Uh, it's, it's, I'm kind of embarrassed sometimes when people ask me, Hey, how much are you, how much yeah. you got in that? Like, I was like, well, uh, yeah, the kayak, 2800 and the trolling motor is 1200. The battery is a thousand and the power pole is 500. And their eyes are like, what the, what, like, yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? And then you hear the uh, whole, like, you should have just got a boat. I'm like, well, yep. yeah, probably it's not quite the yeah. same, but yeah. Yeah. I, I always, I kind of have gone towards the notion where, like somebody asked me what I spent on my kayak setup. And I'm like, look, I have mine set up for a very specific thing for like hardcore tournament fishing. Essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to recommend that everybody go out and buy this kind of setup. I like it and I enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a hefty price tag on this kind of setup. I think I've fun fished maybe five times in the last two years. Like, it just yeah. seems like I'm either practicing for a tournament or fishing a tournament or getting ready for the next one. That's every once in a while, I'll say no electronics. I'll just pick someplace, a small lake, and just go, you know, leave the trolling motor at home, just pedal out, and then paddle around some grass and just fish for fun. Yeah, that's what I, I kind of feel like I have my best days on the water when I go do that, when I just let myself loose, basically, and kind of go just go have fun mm-hmm. for a minute. My goal for 2024 is stress-free tournament fishing. That's my goal. <laughs> it doesn't like, exist. No stress on the water. No worrying about where you finish or how you, yeah. how many you catch or what you catch. And you know, I think that. Uh, the more you expose yourself to it, the more that you get less stressed about it, unless you've got like responsibilities that are tied to it. Like, like if you've got sponsors and stuff or uh, paycheck to that, you're right. depending Travel on expenses, you're across the country and you, yeah. you're going to, and that's when it starts getting for another one. And yeah. a lot more stressful when you're depend. that's your livelihood and you're depending on it. But, yeah, if you're in a position where you don't have to do that, then it's a lot more fun, I feel. Well, everybody I fish with and everybody I'm friends with says you just stress out too much. Don't stress so much. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. easier said than done, but I'll try. I will try. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. You got any uh, sponsors or any family you want to thank for um, 
your year, your season, and this event, I guess? So sponsor-wise, not true sponsors. Um, I have a short list. Someone asked me today, matter of fact, like if you had sponsors, who would you want them to be? So my short list would, you know, I use all TFO rods, so I'm all simple fork outfitters for my rods. Make some um, good stuff. I use a lot of Z-Man stuff. I use razor shads on the back of all my jackhammers and and baby goats on the back of all my uh, uh, mini maxes. So I mean, yeah. Z-Man would be There's a, a lot of fish one. on the mini max. I have it, not thrown it a whole lot. Uh, it's kind of my secret weapon. It it won the oh, cattle wow. championship for me. Huh. Uh, you get in that fall period, and you know you kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. That's exactly and, what I bought it for was for the fall um my my big fish and my lake of the pines win earlier this year came on a mini max hmm. uh, and you got it paired with the baby goat is that what you baby, said yeah i like to do yeah. the baby goat kind of vertical vertically not, not yeah. flat. i like to do it vertical um, okay its size is perfect on it and it it gives a little more float because those if you've never fished a mini max i don't know if you have or not um I've got one tied on, but I have not had it in they, the water yet. They, they fish heavier than they're rated. So the, the quarter oh. ounce will fish like a half or will fish like a three eighths. The three eighths fishes like a half and the half fishes like, like a five eighths. They just, because they're yeah. smaller and they're yeah. a little more compact and a smaller hook and a smaller blade. Yeah. They, it sinks they, faster. It sinks faster. It's got a tighter wobble, kind of like a, yeah. like a, um not like a lipless but kind of you know like a frit side or something that okay. just has a real yeah, yeah. tight you know you can feel the vibration but it's not the crazy big you know wide stuff yeah yeah um but that was my first experience with one was caddo last year and mm. it it kind of blew my mind the number of fish i caught i only had one and i had one that was too heavy feeling but i just kept reeling it faster and yeah. I was getting, I was catching fish as, as quick as I could cast it. But oh. um, you it, feel like you can like burn it faster than you could a jackhammer because with the, I feel like with a jackhammer you kind of blow it out if you go. Jackhammers are hard to burn for sure. Yeah. You got to go to like a half ounce and 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 use a trailer that doesn't catch any water. So like a yeah. razor shad or something a little more streamlined. But you know. Um, it, I, I don't like to fish my chatterbaits really fast. Like on the fourth yeah. event this past weekend, I was fishing my three eighths inch or sorry, three eighths ounce with a, a razor shad on it. And I was fishing really slow, mm. like as slow as I could go. And I want to say that Garrett Morgan said that he was ripping it. He was like as fast as he could, he could reel that thing. He was almost wild, almost totally out of the water fast approaches. And mine was the total opposite. The slower yeah. I went, the more bites I got. And you're just creeping it through that grass, you get hung up, you just reel it through a little bit, maybe give it a little pop and just keep going and the fish would hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, mini maxes, I've noticed they don't get hung up as bad in the grass as well. That's another I benefit. I guess the hook's smaller and all that. It's smaller less hook, it tends to come to through the grass up. better. Yeah. Um, so I like to tinker with some of my stuff. So I have a set of mini maxes that I've actually drilled a little hole in and put my own weed guard in there, added some fibers in there and made a little weed guard. So very nice. I've done. So, um, you know, we have some East Texas lakes that are super thick grass and they're, they're almost too much to fish, you know, to rip stuff out of. Yeah. I found if I only got like two options, you can frog it or punch it. Exactly. Uh, so I've gotten to where I'll, I've got two or three mini maxes. I've added my own fiber weed guard to that, that, 
uh, I really like to use those in real heavy grass because number one, it, they don't hang up as much to begin with, but you put a little bit of weed guard on there and it's not a stiff one. It's just a, just enough yeah. to, to help it come through the grass. Oh. Um, but I'll okay. always, every tournament I fish, even if it's a rocky lake or whatever, you know, I've got a mini max and a jackhammer. I've got two dedicated rods for them that will always have those on there. So wow, it's kind of a, kind of my go-to. Huh. Yeah, I might have to get that thing out, especially now. It's they're definitely doing the fall thing now, so uh, I need to get that out. Maybe so, too late now. Something else that's a you know not to delay it too much longer, but something else that's a little odd for me is I cannot seem to catch fish on a shad color, any kind of chatterbait, whether it be really? a mini max or a jackhammer. Shad colors. I think I've caught maybe five or six fish total on those colors all of mine not even like a white one mm -hmm. a straight up white one. i don't know no. why i can't seem to catch fish on them but they I just catch don't a, work I on a white one out here quite a bit um but maybe that's just like a species or regional i don't thing. know i think it seems like everybody else does fine on them in, yeah. in this part of texas but black and blue is is what works for me yeah it's what black i use 90 percent of the time i've got some crawl colors and some brown i like colors the on. one that's like uh like a green pumpkin and black blue mixture i don't remember what that color bruised, is called bruised green pumpkin yeah yeah i like that one pretty so good oh that was my juice for fork oh yeah bruised green pumpkin jackhammer with a green pumpkin uh, razor shad on the back Wow. Well, I didn't mean to make you spill that. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's no secret anymore. There's, there's a, there's plenty of guys that know black and blue. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty much a standard when something about grass lakes, when you're fishing really dark water and, and, sure. and lots of grass and those fish have been up in it, something about that black and blue, those darker colors, they just really, for me anyway, they really respond to it. They really, I don't know if they think it's a brim or, another small bass or some other, I don't think they think it's a shad. I don't know what they think, but I don't it, know. it gets them. It, it kind of blends into the grass a little bit. I don't know. Well, There's a lot of times I think that's what makes the difference. They don't know what it is. They don't yeah. they can't get a good view of it. They don't see it real well, but yeah. they feel it. They feel that vibration. They feel it rip out of the grass. They sense that. And I think they just, it triggers them more than they're feeding. It just triggers more of that, that, hmm reaction start. reaction to to get something that just went yeah. by them or just disturbed the grass so because i have caught some grass fish on a white jackhammer before but like you're saying i think most of the, my luck and bigger fish at least come on like a black and blue or darker green pumpkin uh jackhammer yeah. so i i carry i don't know how many rods you carry you're in a pa do you keep them vertical or horizontal both so <laughs> i carry like 12 I've got an old flambo. Uh, what was that case called? The the gray one with the green latches. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, tough crate. I don't know what thing. it's called. Yeah, yeah. So I've got one of those, and I know people are all about the black pack and the yak attack mm -hmm. and all that. And I've I've looked at them, but I've got one of the flambo cases that I actually bought another used one and added a third compartment on top. Okay. And so I've got the bigger bottom part and then the medium size compartment and then a top medium compartment. So I've got like a, a three level or two level on top of the main. 
And so I, I've got it rigged up where I've got nine rod holders on it with the way it fits hey. in the back of my kayak. So I carry yeah. nine. Um, and my first three are Jackhammer, Mini Max, Swim Jig. And they're all dark colors. There'll be black and blue or, or bluegill or something yeah, like yeah. that. So, so hmm. that's a pretty solid lineup. That's your like kind of go to any time of the year or just like most of the time. So for four, it was pretty average for me. If I'm fishing a grass lake, I had those three. I had a, a, a worm tied on like a Texas rig. I had a punching setup. I had a frog. Um, I had a yeah. uh, buzz bait. I'm trying to think there's one or two I'm missing. I think I had a spinner bait and I had a square bill. So that was my setup for fork. And I tried all but one of those throughout that day and caught fish, all my fish on a jackhammer. And then that one fish on a wacky, Hmm. that was the other two. I had a shaky head. So I carried two spinner rods. I had a shaky head and I had a wacky Senko. Yeah. And I fished, I think I fished all of them at one point or another throughout that morning. That's how I, I, I that to cycle through them. And I yep. think I'll, I spent, I'll, I waste a lot of time. I feel like doing That's that. How I wasted three hours getting to the back. And then once I got to the back, I'm like, okay, so all I needed was the jackhammer. I just needed one rod today. Yeah. Baby. I needed one rod and I should have went straight back here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you never know. You never know what the situation is. Plan like. for the worst and hope yeah. for the best, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, as far as sponsors, like you said, I don't really have any, but, um, I would love to give a huge shout out to Mariner Sales, uh, Duke, Tran, and the, the yeah. team over there. They are, it's a blessing at times to have them so close. Uh, I think I work like 30 minutes from them. I live like maybe 40 minutes from them. Uh, they're in the heart of Dallas. They're pretty local to anybody in the Metroplex or North Texas. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. They work on kayaks. They'll set your kayak up from from front to back if you need it. Uh yeah, he's always good on parts and and fixing me up on things. It's I saw always, something where they're like one of the biggest Toby dealers or something. Yeah, in the country or something, something like yep. that. Maybe I'm thinking of a different place. So. No, it's you know it's you know you hear a lot about dugout bait and tackle and places like that. Yeah. And there's a couple around the country that you hear about, but if you're in the Southwest or South region or whatever, Mariner Sales and you know they've got a website and they ship parts and. And I, I want to say I bought a couple parts that the only place I could find them was yeah. through them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are super and they support Mariner sales does so much for the local trails, especially the North Texas trail and the, the Texas Throwdown, the big annual tournament that happens every yeah. year with where all of Texas comes together to fish it. And they're a huge part of the, the kayak fishing scene, the kayak tournament scene. So yeah, that's really cool big shout out to them but other than that my wife she is my biggest supporter thought i was crazy when i got into this but sees the fruits of my labors and and uh no doubt it helps when you bring home that paycheck she loves to fish i mean i've got pictures of her when she was six months pregnant with our little boy just waist deep out in the pond fishing and catching bass on the top water and yeah you know she's she would fish more if she had the time and if we had the time for her too but um I can't say enough about the support that I get from her and, and friends and family. So everybody, yeah, that's really cool. It's, it's good it, to have that in your life. Yeah, it's cool to have people, you know, I was, didn't want to talk about it much in the beginning, you know, but I have post tournament recaps when I come into work on Monday and 
the guys come in and sit down with coffee and say, tell me about the tournament. And, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little, little Monday morning meeting. That's your, that's your meeting. You go over your tournaments. Yeah. And of course, I don't know if anybody ever thanks you, but you know, shows like this, I mean, I, I spent my first full year, 2021, listening to everything I could listen to the, most of the shows on the Paddle and Fin Network, the Reel Down. It's cool, man. Um, it's cool to hear. It's I love recaps. I love reading how people caught them, even if it's a tournament I didn't fish. But usually, yeah, that some I random did. tournament out, yep, northeast somewhere you probably never get yep. to or something like that. And and it cost me a lot of money the first year because I'm buying stuff that I have no business buying. I've got too much tackle and oh yeah, too much stuff that I'll never ever use and I should probably sell, but. Um, that's what I'm getting ready to do for my winter project, I guess, is go through this mound of tackle I got in my garage. It's just like, I've got packages of stuff I've having touched in like three or four years. I just did that. Uh, I think two months ago, bought the pegboard and got it all set up and in the garage and try to organize some things. And you re- then you really realize the stuff you don't use and it, but then you're like, Oh, yeah. there that is. I knew I had that. I couldn't find yeah. it. I went from the peg. I've had the pegboards. I got like Tupperware things and the Rubbermaid things or whatever, and uh, going back and forth between those. And then I just ended up throwing it, like getting lazy basically, and throwing it on my like table that I have in there. And, and it's literally like I got to take a picture of it, but it's like a mound. It's like a couple yep. feet tall of just shit. <laughs> I didn't feel like putting up, or I was like in a rush to put it up. But, some point so i'm the same way but i guarantee if i was looking for something specific i know exactly where it's at i know which pile it's under and yeah it's kind of like a filing system but yeah i I try to organize as i can but after a full year of fishing it's just a mess and oh yeah that's what the off season's for is the piece of like half my time is spent trying to reorganize and clean Mm -hmm. up Yep. Well, Larry, man, it was good having you on. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk about your event and Absolutely. hear more about you and um, how you got your start in tournament fishing and all that. You had a pretty successful career for only being doing it for a couple of years. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a lot of research and study and listening to podcasts and watching the live shows and um I appreciate you having me on. This is, you'll be happy to know it's the first podcast or show that I've been on. So yeah, well, I think hopefully, you did great. Not the last. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we get to have you back on, um, in some of your future events that you do. Um, Absolutely. And I think I've been tossing around the idea of maybe doing like trying to cover some more local, like grassroots stuff every now and then. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, on our show, mostly we've been focusing heavily on just national events, which definitely deserve their uh, airtime. But yeah. I kind of want to give some nat- some grassroots stuff some love every now and then. So yep. I may start looking more into – my biggest problem is it's hard for me to find the time to uh, follow all the grassroots clubs in the country. So There's a lot uh, these days. Yeah. I mean, Texas uh, alone, I know Texas is a big state and the fishing is good in Texas, but you could fish almost every weekend of the year in a kayak tournament in the state of Texas. Yeah. There's Texas probably too. eight eight or ten trails within five hours, six hours of me. So Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, and, it, and they go year round just about. So. Almost. Yeah. They start in February. I think there's actually one in January next year is when they start here, here wow. in kind of South Texas. So yeah, we got our Tennessee trail that starts back our Tennessee bass nation trail that starts back in December. Yeah. Their first event uh, wow. for the 2024 season. And then they got one December, January, February, all the way up through, think they're moving their championship to october so it's like 10 or 11 months of fishing for them wow uh it's gonna be a long year for for that one i don't think i plan on fishing all of those but i think you just gotta fish you gotta finish top 15 percent or something like that and one to make the championships that's my goal nice uh, and maybe try to chase the aoi we'll see yeah I think they're doing top. What are we saying? It was like one of our shows we just had. Five events for AOI. I think that's what they're doing. Four or five out of the 10 or 11. So you don't got to fish all of them. No, that's doable. Yeah. But you got to do really well in those four or five. So uh, we'll see. Well, uh, Good luck to you, man, in the rest of your season. Now you said one one more event, uh, that, and then good luck to you next year. That's uh, hopefully you get to continue on a hot streak going into I, next year. I, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to 2024 already. You know, I'm yeah. Uh, all the schedules are coming out, and uh, all I think Hobie's probably going to release their schedule soon after the TOC occurring. Um, so we'll see what they what they got in store and KBF looks like they've already got their stuff put together and all the B- other trails. Yeah. BASS already released theirs, so yeah. yeah. Um so it's it's about that time start get getting geared up for next season. Start uh, planning, start setting up some weekend travel plans yeah. and that kind of stuff. Putting your vacation in and all that. Um I don't have a recap of all the other tournaments that happened this past weekend, so apologize if anybody was looking forward to listening to that part. <laughs> uh, but any of our listeners out there that got some grassroots events that uh, are interesting events, and uh, send them to me or let me know. Uh, I, I'll, I'd, I'd be open to try to cover some grassroots stuff. Uh, but other than that, that's all I got for you guys tonight. Uh, again, appreciate Larry coming on. Uh, it's been a good show, I feel like. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody be safe out there and take care. Um, shoot me some messages. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see it.